We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From Katie Kievers, Katie says, why don't they just let these high school kids sign whenever they want? I understand why people might have that notion, but the abuse that would happen with coaches, if they could do that, would be unreal. Meaning coaches would manipulate kids and and say, if you don't sign it now, um, you know, we're pulling it. it. There'd be so much dirty stuff going on of coaches manipulating kids to try to convince them to sign before they take other visits or whatever, it would get bad. It would be ugly. It'd be really ugly. And so what this allows them to do is you can't for, you can't use a signature to manipulate a kid into signing with your school. You know, you get some kid to sign a waiver. He thinks it's a waiver. And in reality, it's a letter of intent. Like there would be somebody to do that. Cause there's, cause coaches are a lot of places are just really shady when it comes to that yes. stuff. But it, it would turn into abuse for players where they basically, um, you know, they, they basically have to, I mean, it's a protection for the kids. Honestly, Katie is really what it boils down to for me. It really is. It really yeah. is. I mean, cause, cause coaches try to force players to take, make verbal commitments all yeah. the time. Right. And it's like verbal, you could change so quickly. I mean, oh, yeah. forcing these kids to sign on the dot line as quick yeah. as possible. <laughs> now here's what I would say. I think what would be helpful is if they had a true early signing period, because the early signing yeah. period now is just the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just dumb. Yep. It's like a month and a half before the normal one, right? That's it. If you wanted to have a real early signing period, make it July 31st. So kids can take their summer visits. Now they can take unlimited visits. Now they can take as many freaking officials that they want. If they want to take an official visit every single day of the month of June, they could do that, which is be stupid, but they could. So, you know, let them go through the whole process of visiting. If if they know where they want to, like CJ Card knows where he wants to go and he wants to get it over with before his senior year. So he can focus on the senior year and not have to worry about coaches calling him all this other kind of crap. Why can't he sign on July 31st? Why? You know, uh, to me, that would be a real signing. But you know who doesn't want that? Coaches don't want that. Why? Because they don't want kids signed that early. They want all these kids to still be on the market so they can go get them later. Yep. Right. And so um, if they were if it was if if they wanted this early signing period that was truly best for young people, it would be in July, not December. 
right now. I mean, cause again, you can get out of an NIL if a kid, if a coach leaves, I mean, it's not like you can't get out of it, especially nowadays, it's easy to get out of it, but at least that way, the kids that don't can, can keep schools from calling them. Hey man, look, you're, what you're doing is illegal. Stop calling me. or I'm going to report to the NCAA. Right. I mean, it's simple as that, um, but they're not going to do that because they are not. The NCAA still protects the schools. They, the NCAA doesn't protect players. Nothing the NCAA has done in the last five years of all this portal crap. It's not meant for the players. It's not meant to be better for the players at all. It's meant to basically take re- remove the, from them any responsibility for what the game is turning into. And every move they do make, like this legislation that they're proposing for NIL stuff, it's not meant to make it a, a process that protects both sides. It's meant to process to protect the schools. Because at the end of the day, the schools are concerned that a lot of the NIL money is now going to the players and not to the school. Yep. So they're going to try to make rules that are very pro-school, and then that's going to end up causing this big court fight, blah, 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 as opposed to, hey, let's let's try to truly find a system that works for both of us. They don't care about that, which is why they're an absolute failure of an in- institution. Uh, an absolute failure. They are? Yep. All right. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. From Jay, if Notre Dame lands Malachi Williams, Justin Scott, and Elijah Rushing, talk about closing the gap. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that... <laughs> That's not closing the gap. That's erasing the gap. Yes. I mean, if they got if they got all three of those, Ryan, like think about that. If they got all three of those kids, which I just don't see it, it's going to happen. 
Just no. don't see it happening at all. But if you get two but out of three, did, it's still pretty dang good. Oh my. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you get two of those three, it's the same thing. You have yeah. closed the gap in a big, big way. On top of what you got last year and the year before, I mean, you got Bubakar and Armel and Brennan Vernon and Devin Houston last year, which is a really good top 10 to 15 caliber defensive line. The year before that, I mean, now who's playing? I mean, you got Tyson Ford, Aiden Gobira, Josh Burnham, Junior Tualamaka. Yeah. You're now three years in a row of recruiting the defensive line really well. And this might be your best class of all of them. Yeah, that'd be and, big and time. The best part about that, too, is in this hypothetical, Jay, if you got Malachi Williams and Elijah rushing, you loaded up on strong side defensive ends in 2023. That's two Viper types. And, yes. and I mean, two, man, I'm, I'm not hiding it, man. Malachi Williams, I think, has some of the highest upside of any defensive player in 2024. I truly do, man. He is. So twitchy, so long. There's just so much room there, man. And yep. Elijah Rushing's a elite player as well. Yep. They're all all those kids are five star upside guys. Yeah. I have said this, Ryan. I think Malachi Williams has as high of a ceiling as any defensive lineman in the country. You're taking a step further, saying any defensive player, and I wouldn't necessarily push back against you on that. To yep. be honest with you. And that's saying something when you consider the guys on the board. I mean, that would be and, and honestly, if you were to take out Malachi and put in Logan Thomas or take out Elijah Rush and put in Logan Thomas, I'd still say that's a freaking heck of a defensive line class. Oh, it is. Yeah. I mean, it, it really, really is. Uh, that's a really talented group of guys. Especially because Logan's also a Viper, so he meets a need that you didn't hit in 2023 right, exactly. as well. And he's so. more of a he's more of a pure viper, meaning yeah. he's a guy you can drop into coverage. He's Without more of a guy a that can right. He's more of a hybrid viper than a than a than an Isaiah Foskey Viper. So he would bring something completely different to the table. The other thing, too, I was going to say is Malachi and Elijah Rushing, I would not have said this before this blue-gold game when we saw Malachi, but those are two guys also, especially Elijah, that have potential to be more of a field end as well. Not the power end that they had in the past, but a field end where you're using him more to rush the quarterback and do different things, which is where I think Notre Dame would eventually like to get with that position. Sure. So that'll be uh, very, very interesting. Very interesting. Ryan, have you watched the new kid from at safety that they offered? I have not. That happened like right before the show. I have not watched this film. I know we've been I, asked I, about I it. I watched a, a little times. tiny bit. I mean, he's a he's an explosive kid, but he um yeah, I haven't watched enough to have a yeah. true opinion yet. Yeah, we will. So Eric Santini and a couple others have asked about that. We'll get to that obviously. That happened kind of right before the show. So we didn't get a chance to really uh to dive into that a whole a ton, but we will. We'll look at it. From Raymond Harton says, do you see Charles Jagasaw as the left as a left tackle? Sorry if I missed it. I, I think he could. I think yeah, he could. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, am I guaranteed that that's his best position? No. I, I still think right tackle is more of a power player's his best position. But could he? Play? I, I didn't. But I didn't think Mike McGlinchey was a true left tackle either. Like thinking his best position. Mike McGlinchey's best position was always right tackle. He's still a pretty darn good left tackle for Notre Dame in 2016 and 2017, right? I mean, so. Uh, I could see Charles being in a similar situation where he ends up being a left tackle because he just is the best guy for that job. And maybe even if it's not his true position, he'd still be really good at it. That's just kind of how good he is. Would you agree with that assessment, Ryan? Yeah. yeah. And then, I, you know, you can my, my opinion on Charles changed a lot as a senior, though. It really did. Because yeah. I thought he looked really comfortable as a left tackle yeah. as a senior, man. I thought he really did. So I, I think he could play left. I think he could certainly play right. And I still think he'd be a dominant inside player, though. Like I, I still do, man. Like I think that he could be, I think he could be a dominant player at potentially three to four spots. Like that's how yeah. good I think Charles Jagasaw is. 
I would not have said that, Ron. I agree with everything you just said. I would yeah. not have agreed with that after his junior film. Yeah. I loved him as a junior, but it was like he's a power right tackle guard. I mean, he yes. just he just was a different athlete. He completely changed his game as a senior. No, and no I knew he was it. big, but seeing him down in San Antonio when he was out there, I'm like, oh, <laughs> this dude's a different level of big, man. Like, yeah. he's a big cat. He's a big cat. Yep. <laughs> no doubt. We had a super chat from Chief Brody. Chief, thank you so much. I'm actually not sure how it works, but does Marcus Freeman get to have any input on some stylistic uniform changes? I think pants and helmets changes in Brian Kelly's second year. I mean, has some, sure. I mean, I, I think it's not so much like he's sitting there on his like little design studio in the office, like you know, creating the jerseys, but you know, something like, hey, look, can we, uh, can we do this? Can we do that? Can we green jerseys for this? Can we, can we change? You know, I, I think there's going to be some say on that. I do. Yeah. Um, I, I, there's only so much he, he doesn't have like editorial control, so to speak. Right. As a, as the head coach, football coach, but yeah, he has to sign off on things and right. suggestions. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And if they were smart, they would give him a lot of that, but um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I want to know. I want to know how much input he has on some of these hoodies I see him wearing. Man, they're pretty know, dope. Right? A lot of them. <laughs> Seriously, they should. Yeah, they should. Man, oh boy, yeah, I got some ideas on that. Notre Dame, hit me up. I got some ideas on how y'all can either make a lot of money or raise a lot of money for charity if you uh, if you want to. Hit me up. All right, let's Question move on. from Irishman seven one one four. Given Kennedy Urlacher's genes, his size, and his dad blowing up in college. Would Notre Dame look at taking three more safety prospects, thinking that Erlacher may be ultimately becoming a wool linebacker or a rover? I just don't see that. I mean, I, and, and I get where people are coming from. I can't speak to what his dad looked like in high school because I didn't know who the heck he was until he was like a junior in college at New Mexico and he'd already blown up. But when I look at Kennedy Erlacher photo, I don't see a guy that's eventually going to be 6'3, 230. Yeah, I just, not. I don't see it. I see a guy that's a safety. And here's the deal. Um, if, if he does outgrow the position, you're not fixing that in this class. You're fixing that in 25, 26, and 27 classes. So I, um, I, don't, I just don't think that's a position, a, a change. that I know fans talk about it a lot. I get it. But it's just not for me. It's just not where I see him, where I see him being. In my opinion, I, just, I wouldn't I be shocked if he's a rover eventually, but it's not a size thing as much as like if he's a six foot, 200 pounds safety, though, and you are feel good about your safety conversation, like you get three safeties on the field and one's a de facto rover, you know, but what I mean? don't like it's right. But see, I don't count that as a rover. That's more of a nickel in, in that situation. Like when I think rover, it's it's I mean, because what do the rovers do right now for Notre Dame? Right. They line up inside in the box. They play will they come off the edge and. I see him being more of a true four-two-five type of rover. Yes, I agree with that, but that's where it's more of a defensive back, but not the way that Notre Dame has used the rover, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but but let's also not keep in keep, let's also keep in mind too, to your point though, that Jeremiah Wusukormo was like six one, two hundred ten pounds when he played rover at Notre Dame, yeah. and it was and they used it much more much differently than how they used Drew, uh, Drew Tranquil. So depending on the skill set, you can use it differently. Uh, to your to your point, it would just have to it would result in them using it differently, but it's more as a as a defensive back as opposed to a linebacker. And uh, I w- I want to see what he can do at safety first. And sure. if he can't stick at safety, then they can fix that in the twenty five, twenty six, and twenty seven classes, not in this class. Because what here's the thing: you can't take three more in 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 case it happens. But then what if it doesn't? 
Right. Now, you know, now you got four. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's get down to. um, uh, So chill 2177. I I don't know the answer to this chill. He says, I be what players who left have an undergrad degree. I don't know the answer to that question because any of them that would are going to get it after this semester. Right. Or into the summer. So I'm honestly not sure on that chill. I'm going to try to find that out. I, I hope most of them, because yeah, that would I be a shame so. if they, yeah. Yeah. I hope so. But I don't, I don't, um, I don't think that they would be because they're, they're, uh, they're going into their junior years, right? Like all, all the guys that left are going into their junior years, which means they would have had to got degrees in two years, which to me, I just don't, I don't see as being possible, even as early enrollees. I don't, yeah, I don't see that as being possible i think they could have got it in december maybe with some summer school but that's just my opinion chill i don't know the i don't know that answer for a fact i'll try and i'll try and figure that one out you're probably right two two years is a very short amount of time to at notre dame <laughs> especially yeah yeah the only guy i remember doing that was you remember darnay holmes that went to ucla oh, yeah. he graduated in like two years it was insane wow yeah it's impressive <laughs> well he, i would imagine he had a bunch of high school credits that transferred over too and notre dame doesn't probably. usually take a lot of those yeah, I know he was a really good student, too, coming out of high school, yeah. apparently. So not totally shocking. From Katie Kievers, do you guys think it's interesting that Chris Tyree struggled to get touches last year, but right away this new offensive staff said we need to put Tyree in a position to get the football more? I wouldn't call it interesting as much as it's frustrating because this is what we said needed to happen last year. And and like I understand it. Coach Reese had an offense that he wanted to run. Yes. And his offense is is geared more towards the precision, the you know, making calls to get guys open and stuff like that, as opposed to let's just get this guy to flipping football. You know what I mean? And and I understand that it was frustrating because my style is different. But uh, you know, I, I I it was frustrating. But I'm just glad that this staff has expressed doing it. Now, here's the thing: they've expressed it. We saw it in the spring, but now we got to see him go do it in games. It's easy to do things in March and April. But are you still doing this in in August and September and October, November? That's going to be a different question mark or a different sure. question, I should say. So I, I want to see him do it in the games. But, yes, if they continue to do what they say that they want to do and what we've seen in practice, and that is get find ways to get Chris Terry the ball within a framework of he's on the field with the running backs, yes, I'll be very excited about that. And it will be kind of a, a bit of an about time type of mindset. I mean, I get why they didn't do it in 2021. He was banged up a lot of that year. But 2022, they should have done more. And well, when they used him that way, Ryan, it was it was impactful. Not even just when he was getting the ball, but how it impacted other guys on the field. Well, and la- la- last year we were begging for more 21 personnel, right? So what's one way to make it 21 personnel? Put him at wide receiver, right? So there yep. we go. Yep. Ugh, yeah. Irish Shy Town says, Brian, could you see Audric Estime having feature back carries by the end of the season? Well, I, mean, I think he's going to be the feature back from day one. I think he's going to be a feature back carries in every big game that they have. My whole thing is I, I don't care who you are or what you look like. Uh, I want to see a situation where when you're playing Navy, when you're playing Tennessee State, when you're playing Central Michigan, one or two of the ACC schools that you just whoop for whatever reason, I want to see him get 10 touches and 120 yards and be out. At halftime. I mean, that's really what I want to see, yep. you know, save hit, save him for bigger games and then let him get the 23 touches against Ohio state or USC or Clemson. That's what I care more about. So yep. 
but yeah, I, I would hope that every big game they've, and maybe NC State's a game he needs to have 20, right? But then you're surrounding with Tennessee State and Central Michigan where he's not getting anything close to that. And that's how you keep him fresh, in my opinion. So, yep. yeah. Well, they need him to now, even yeah. more, oh, especially yeah. early in this. I mean, early in the season, honestly, more than later in the season, because later in the season, yeah. you'll have guys that are probably rounded into form a little bit as younger players. From Tyler mm-hmm. Smith says, I was watching Lucky Lefty podcast yesterday, and Malik said the teams to hit 41st will win that game. What do you guys think of the matchup for Notre Dame versus Clemson? I mean, it's a little early yet to really dive into it too much. I'd be surprised if it was that kind of game, to be honest with yeah. you. Uh, I mean, what, are we just projecting Garrett Riley's going to open everything up and he's just going to yeah. be that type of guy? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Also, I, I think that's like underselling well, both sides of the defense. Yeah, that's kind of right? where I like, was looking at it, Ryan. I, I have a hard yeah. time believing both of these teams. Because like Notre Dame scored 35 on him last year, but they blocked a punt. They returned a touchdown. They returned an interception for a touchdown. And then another interception got him the ball, like what, the 12? going in so it's it's and then in you know the closest we saw was 2020 and in that game i mean clemson was missing three starters off their defense yeah they both got into the 40s and double overtime it was 33 33 and that was a high scoring game so i yeah i'd be a little surprised if i mean i could say 30 like first team to 30 wins i would say that's yeah, more 30 likely. is a good number yeah. yeah i mean i mean 40 on both sides because i mean yeah. Now look, I mean, the I first team to forty may yeah. win, Ryan, but it means it's probably going to be a blowout, not right. Not It'd be a like shootout. forty something to twenty or something like that, right? Right. Yeah. right. Well, I just think like I know that I know that Clemson lost a lot of defensive players this offseason, but like they still got some guys coming back, right? I mean, like Tyler Davis is back, Rook is back, Barrett Carter is going to be a year <laughs> older, like they're going to be all right, man. What? I was waiting on it. I was like, so you just you just did what I did with the kid from my house. I just call him JT, right? I just I don't even try to mess that one up. Yeah, man, I need to learn how to say his last name at some point, probably. But I think it's really a row, row, row. I really, I really do think that I'm gonna let me just pull up the Clemson, um, because it's definitely spelled that way. You sound like um, you sound like Scooby Doo, man. Yeah. So Clemson has this, or uh, excuse me, Virginia, University of Virginia, I think is the team that has this, but they have a thing where they, on every kid's bio page, they have a proper pronunciation of his name, which is great. Which yes, is great. it's phenomenal, yeah. but it does not look like Clemson has that on theirs. So uh, not going to, you know, I'm not going to even guess at it, but Rook, we know who he's talking about the big kid from Michigan. So yeah, no, I, I look. I don't think Clemson's going to be a great defense this year, but they're going to be good. Yeah, you know they're 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 not going to be what they used to be. be. It's not going to be a vintage. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, exactly. I mean they're they're going to have some good players stepping into spots. Barrett Carter's going to be a good player. Jeremiah Trotter's a good player. Those guys are getting a little bit too much preseason hype. I've seen both of them like on preseason first team All American lists. Like, hold on a second. You know, maybe maybe Barrett Carter, but Jeremiah yeah, Trotter. I think Trotter's- let, Trotter's let, a little bit overrated. Let's just pump the, the brakes thing. a little bit. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, but but still good football players. They Their secondary has been a hot mess in recent years, but they they have recruited it well the last couple of years. Recruited it better, I should say, yeah. the last couple of years. Um, but the question is, can they coach it? That's a that's a little bit of a bigger question for me. I'm, I'm still not sold on their uh, – um, you know, I'm still not sold on the, the defensive coordinator, but he's not terrible. He's just not great, in my opinion. Yeah. 
No, I I'm going to read this one. Scooby Doo in my mind. Now. Yeah, I know, right? Ryan, I'm going to read this one because I want to get I want to get your thoughts on it first. From Andrew Burke, uh, Brian and Ryan over under on Notre Dame having more than uh, over under on Notre Dame's players getting drafted next year is five and a half. So over under five and a half players picked. Ryan, you going over or under? Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I am going with, let me think. Logan Diggs does change this equation a little bit because you thought at least one running back would be in the class, right? So now I'm still projecting that probably Audric will most likely be. In the I draft actually thought they season. were going to have two. I Possible. really thought they're going to have two backs drafted next year. Possible. One higher Maybe. than the other, obviously. I, I'm working this through my mind. So offensive tackle, you'll have one of them at least, right? So you'll probably have Joe Waltz. You'll probably have Audric Estime. Defensively, Cam Hart will get drafted, even with the medicals. There's no doubt about it. Defensively, I think that if Riley Mills comes out, he is going to get to get drafted just based upon traits, if nothing else. Then you're talking about Javante Jean-Baptiste as a potential draft pick. You're talking about offensively, if one of the wide receivers have a breakout. I'm going to say over on that one. I'm going to say over, but I think it, I think I would have been more Yes, over if Logan Diggs was still in the conversation. Yeah, because um, here's the thing too, Ryan. If Notre Dame's going to be the team that you and I think they're going to be this year, yep. there's going to have to be some draft-eligible players that maybe we aren't projecting now that really step up and play well. I've got right? Sam so, I mean, Hartman too in my talk. Yeah, so, yeah. Joe Walt, Sam Hartman, uh, Audric Estime are guys that I see being drafted. Cam Hart, that's four easy ones right there. You know, then it comes down to okay, does Riley Mills have a breakout and then leave? Uh, I think does Javante Jean Baptiste is a guy that I'm very curious to see. He's a guy that I could see get drafted next year if he does what Ryan you you were talking about earlier. If he's that kind of guy, he's a six five plus two hundred fifty pound plus kid with long arms. It's going to have some really good athletic testing numbers. That's a guy that we see get drafted in day three all the time at the at the very least, right? He's another one. Like you mentioned, if Notre Dame's the dominant offense that we think they're going to be this year, maybe there's a chance Blake Fisher comes out. Maybe 
you know, a, a you know, if Deion Colsey comes out this year and has 70 catches for 1,200 yards, yeah. you know, <laughs> he's the guy that could come out, right? Um, so there's there's guys like that. Thomas Harper to me is a guy that that I'm curious to see what he does in Notre Dame this year because I think you know he'll test well and do some things. Chris Tyree's another one who if he has a really big year, maybe he comes out and he's a day two, day three pick because you know he's going to run really fast. So there's a lot of guys like that, and the better Notre Dame is, the like more likely it is that some of these guys are going to leave early, and that's okay. Like yeah. I think some fans are like, man, I don't want that guy to leave. I'm like, why? Because if he, as long as he leaves for the right reasons, right? Like Kevin Austin leaving was a poor decision. It was not a smart decision. But a lot of these other guys, it's like, why did Isaiah Foskey need to come back for a fifth year? Right. I mean, maybe he gets better than a first round pick, but he went 40th. It worked out. He's a senior. Yeah, he tough, got his tough, degree. Yep. Right. I mean, maybe. But what if he gets hurt? You know, like. If Joe Alt is an All-American again next year, he's going to be a top ten pick. Why? Why come back? I mean, and and so usually guys leave early if they're leaving for the right reasons. It's because they had a great year. But Notre Dame is at the point now, and I get why Notre Dame fans are that way. Because in the past, the guy leaves, and you're like, you don't love the replacement. But now it's like, if Riley Mills blows up this year and goes pro, that's awesome for Riley. And you know what that means? That means Jason Onye steps into the starting lineup with Gabriel Rubio the next year. And Notre Dame's still pretty freaking good at defensive tackle, right? Yep. And now the young players are stepping up. You know, if Jordan Patelho has a monster 12, 13 sack year, I could see him going pro. That's yep. a good thing because it means he had a great year and then they're going to be fine because they've got some guys coming down the pike. So that's the way I look at it is if Notre Dame's having a bunch of juniors leaving early, because they're ready and they're going to be high draft picks, that's great for Notre Dame in a lot of different ways. Because 100%. it also, the more that happens, Ryan, the more appealing it is to these high school recruits to come and the more appealing it is for kids to stay if they're not playing a bunch of freshmen. Because they know, I'm going to be sitting behind this dude, but that guy's going to be gone after his third year. So I'll stick it out. That's what happens to Bama all the time, all the time. It's like, yeah. yeah, I know I'm, I'm, you know, that, that cornerback starting as a sophomore, I'm a freshman, but that dude's only going to, that guy's going to leave after his junior year. And then I'm going to have, you know, my ch- chance to shine. So that's a good thing. It's a good thing for Notre Dame. And um, yeah, it's a very good thing for Notre Dame. Last another one, good, Ryan. another good yeah, thing go for the chat is to not talk about 2024 mock drafts right now with me. Cause no, yes. we're not doing it that. It gets him fired that's up. Funny. I am going to have something on 2024 mock drafts tomorrow about Joe Walt. That's kind of interesting. And, I have seen 12 different Ohio State players mocked in the first round. So Ohio State is is about to have the best team in the history of college football, apparently, according yes. to the mock drafts, because they have 12, 12 first-round NFL draft picks on their team next year, which is just – if you can't pick up the sarcasm in my voice right now, then apparently I've lost my in, touch. Inclu- including all uh, all four defensive linemen are going in the first round, apparently. So. All four defensive linemen and almost their entire secondary – is going now. I don't know what happened to their defense last year because it's almost identical statistically to Notre Dame, who everyone tells me has no NFL players on it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, but apparently Ohio State has twelve NFL players, first round picks on their roster next year, so they better well, not lose least, a game or at fire least Jack Kaiser going in the first round next year. So that's yeah. what's up. I've only seen one guy have that. Is there more There's than actually one? Been two. There's Who's the two. other one? We know the one uh, ridiculous. It was Walter one. Football, and then somebody saw else that came one out with it. Yeah, someone else That's did. A little too. nuts. Yeah, I, I. You know what though? I would love for Jack to prove me wrong. I see him as at best a day three pick, at best. But I would love it if Jack proves me wrong. I like yes. that kid. I really yes. do. I know his family doesn't care much for me because I say critical things of him. 
Uh, but I think Jack's a really good football player. I would love to see him get get picked high. So that would be that would be amazing. Uh, and it would be great for Notre Dame. I mean, great for Notre Dame to have a linebacker picked in the first round. Are you kidding me? I sure would. Be amazing for Notre Dame. I mean, because think about of all the great – they've had three Buckus Award winners in Notre Dame. Not one of them was a first-round draft pick. Now, Jalen would have been yeah. if not for the injury, but they haven't had a single of them be a first-round pick. I, I bet Manti would have been, too, if not for the girlfriend stuff as well. But yeah, I wonder yeah. about that. I wonder. Yeah. I think he would have there, there was a weird perception around him after that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And here's the last one here, Ryan. From Andre Tonsil says, if Notre Dame can close on all defensive line recruits, would that cause some players to enter the transfer portal? Possibly, but look, it's only here's the thing, Andre, and I and I get this concern. I, I think a lot of people have that. But first of all, that's that's big boy football problems that you want to have, right? Because number one, it means that you've landed some big time players. But number two, you know what else it means, Ryan? You've weeded mm-hmm. out some of your guys who don't want to compete. If a junior or sophomore leaves because you just signed Justin Scott or Elijah Rushing, for example, then you know what? That guy's not a competitor. And here's what I'll say about Tyler Buckner. You say whatever you want about Tyler Buckner. But anyone that says Tyler Buckner didn't want to compete is out of their minds. Because, A, if he didn't want to compete, he'd have left after the season. The minute they got Sam Sam Hartman, he'd have left, number one. Number two, if he didn't want to compete, he's not going to freaking Alabama. Okay? That's the other part. He'd gone to Stanford which is where I ultimately think he should have gone, to be completely honest with you. Uh, if Logan Lorenzo Styles didn't want to compete, he wouldn't go to Ohio State, right? I'm not I'm not questioning if, if Logan Diggs didn't want to compete, he's not wanting to go to LSU. So right. those kids didn't leave because they want to compete. Getting beat out and then recognizing it and saying going somewhere else is not afraid of competition. Afraid of competition is leaving before the competition happens, before you even get beat out. You can't get beat out if you don't compete. <laughs> right you just leave so you weed out the guys who don't want to compete that's a great thing but the other part of it more realistically andre to your question is uh, I, most guys won't leave because you sign somebody most guys will leave because those guys come in and they play over you and they're dudes yeah right yeah. it would only yeah. it would only happen if like that happened and, and and honestly if i'm a junior and i get beat out by a freshman I get it. I, I got no yeah. fault to those kids, man. That's this is the world we live in, right? It, go, go, take your chance somewhere else. You know, I'd say get your degree and then and then do what you got to do. Uh, that's that's kind of where I'm at, Ryan. I, I, yeah. I, I, and that's okay. Like, but you're just not going to see a junior from Notre Dame leaving who is welcome back because they signed Justin Scott. You're, you're, right. Like Jason Onye is not bailing because they signed Justin Scott or. Gabriel Rubio is not bailing because they signed Justin Scott. And if they do, okay. Okay. I didn't want to compete. Right. It's all good. Either way, you're good. In my opinion, in that situation. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you get high level talent, there's going to be some defections from the roster at some point like that. You guys got to use, I mean, everyone just needs to get used to that. Right. It's like transfers are going to happen when you recruit at this level, because if you're bringing in all that talent, there's going to be some kids that are passed up and aren't going to get opportunities to play. Like it's going to happen. Like that's just a natural occurrence because of it like that's a consequence to recruiting so high and it's going to happen it's just going well and anthony crespin in the chat just made a great point ryan and and that is we saw the corner last year how many corners transferred out of notre dame last year just every single returning cornerback got beat out by benjamin morrison every single one and none of them transferred philip riley he hasn't transferred yet yeah no he's i i when i went to spring practice i saw philip walking to class because he's staying and getting his degree 
yeah. and they gave him that but he didn't transfer because he got beat out he just like football's not the thing for me you know he's gonna stay and get his degree and, and props to him for that but yeah. none of those kids transferred out because they here's the thing too and, and this is a great this is a great thing to, to add into this ryan uh and, and andre with your question one of the things we explained I just remember talking to a parent of one of the defensive backs that 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 got beat out by Benjamin Morrison, and, and he was like, "Look, uh, we're cool with it because you watch Benjamin Morrison play, and you're like, yeah, that dude's special, right? Yep. Like, that's the other thing is uh, if if the next Michael Floyd shows up and you've been relegated second team, most kids are like, yeah, that guy's pretty good, and so I'm going to see it through, get my degree, and, and then I might leave as a senior or fifth year guy, and that's okay, right? That's fine, but." Uh, you know, n- none of those guys are going to leave just because they're they're in their feelings about oh I got beat out. I mean, or because they brought in some new guy. So, Tyler Buckner's is a perfect example. Tyler Buckner didn't leave because they 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 brought in Sam Hartman. He left because Sam Hartman beat him out, and and I yes. understand that. And and um, you know I I can I can live I can live with that right B- both ways. I'm I'm good with what Notre Dame did, and I'm 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 okay with what Tyler did. Whether or not my guidance would have been my advice to Tyler would be different than what he did. But it's not like, oh, screw Tyler Buckner. Just screw Logan Diggs. Screw Lorenzo Styles. Screw Frank. No, I don't feel any of that. I don't feel that way about any of them. I think it was time for Lorenzo to leave. But it doesn't mean I have ill will towards him or or, or yeah. mad at him for leaving. I don't have any ill will towards Prince Collie for leaving. I have none at all. The only time I get mad at a kid for leaving is when a kid leaves during a season. Yeah. That, that's it. Or or you wait. You, you know, We pass the transfer portal closes. All the kids have gone somewhere. And then you quit right before fall camp for some reason unless there's some family reason i mean a legitimate reason you're just mad because you're not going to start so you just quit in the middle of the season i don't like that yeah but um most of these kids i have no problem with them leaving i understand it. it's the world we live in it's the rules that they're governed by and they're taking advantage of the rules how can i fault them for that i can say the rules are stupid right but i can't fault them for that and if i'm a notre dame coach and logan Diggs told me he wanted to go back closer to home and there was a sit out rule he just asked for a waiver because he wanted to be close to home I'd give them one, right? Because I don't want a kid in here that's not happy. And that's the thing is there should be things like that allowed. But most kids that you have at Notre Dame did not come to Notre Dame because they're afraid of competition. Yeah. If you didn't want to compete, this is not the place for you. And those, and there have been kids like that, but they left almost immediately. The kids that are staying are kids that, that understand I came here because I knew I was going to have to compete, and that's part of the deal. And if Justin Scott and, – and they'll be accepting of those younger kids. I mean, that's the other thing, too. How many times have we heard about veteran offensive players or veteran players taking younger guys under their wing that they knew might beat them out? Yeah. Why? Because they're leaders. They're high-character people, and and they're also competitors. Yeah, this kid's going to come. He's talented, and he's going to battle. But, but I'm pretty good, too, and I'm going to compete. And that's the kind of players you want. Like, I, I've heard tons of stories about how, how DJ Brown was so instrumental in when Ramon Henderson and Xavier Watts moved over. Well, why the heck would he help them? They're trying to take his job because he's a leader. Yep. And that's what leaders do. And that's why I have no problem bringing a kid like him back for a sixth year, even though I don't think he's a great football player. But like, that's the kind of guy I want more of on my team. I don't want all 85 guys like that because I want some guys that are also freaky athletes. But you need some guys like that on your football team, in my opinion. Like if J.D. Bertrand got legitimately beat out by a younger player, I don't think it would change how he goes about his leadership at all. I think he would still be exactly the same leader he was. Now, I don't think he'd be happy about getting beat out, but that's just the kind of guy that I believe J.D. Bertrand is. And and Notre Dame has a lot of kids like that. Now, 
you know, it doesn't mean that they're going to enjoy getting beat out, but they just understand there's more, there's a bigger purpose here. And, and I think, I think that's why you just want to see it leave. Like somebody brought up Jacob Lacey. I had a problem with that. I had a problem with the way Jacob left. I did. I, you quit on your team in the middle of the year. You can, you can give me whatever reason you want. And I have no ill will towards Jacob. I, but I think that I, that's a bad look in my opinion. That's a really bad look. I don't like that. Once you commit to your team during the season, you see that through in my opinion. But I know that I'm 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 probably in the minority there, but that's my take on that. So anyway, Ryan, that's it. Why don't you take us out of here? I want to thank everybody for all the great mailbag questions and being with us today on the podcast. Make sure before you leave, hit that like button, subscribe to the podcast, hit that nice little notification bell at the pot at the bottom because you'll know when one of our upcoming shows are coming every day at one o'clock Eastern, or if you want to stake around for Ivy Nation Sports Talk every night at 6 o'clock Eastern time. Make sure to also go to irishbreakdown.com and go to the boards at irishbreakdown.com, the Champions League, where you can get a lot of great intel, conversations, and, of course, go to irishbreakdown.com for any of the daily content that we put out here. So from Brian, I am Ryan. Thank you all so much for joining us today on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com